Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. Um, so today I, I want to speak about identity and who we are. Um, and really that, that question that I want to ask that I usually kind of ask questions and, and it's really, who are you? Who are you? And it makes me think of that song by, who is it? It's by The Who, right? Who are you? Who, 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 who? Okay. Um, but you know, before, before we see who we are, because of Christ, um, who God has created us to be and, and what he uh, brings to us, I, I, I first think that, um, you know, who were we or how, how, let me see, how do I say this? You can take this in, in different ways because I know for some of us, it, it might be that we see ourselves not in a good light, but in a negative light. And we, you know, those things, when you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, I can't believe this person that I'm staring at, you know, and you're like, oh, it's me. And, or you could be one of those people that's like, look at that guy, you know, (laughs) that guy's awesome. Look how amazing that guy is. You know, so in in this, I I want to... (laughs) I want to say that it doesn't matter how we see ourselves. It doesn't matter who we were. What matters is who God has created us to be and who he has called us to be, how he sees us and what he has done for us. But I want to go through a couple of scriptures and, and show uh, really first, really who we are, but then show our identity in Christ. In James 2.5, it says, listen, my beloved brethren, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? First of all, no matter how we see ourselves, we're poor. Whether we think we're amazing or rich or, you know, you know, I got everything, or we think we have nothing, really what we are is poor. And by that I mean we're poor because we don't have what we need. We don't have what it takes to come in close to God, to acquire what He has for us. I don't have any, I can't pay, I can't do, I don't have the strength to reach up into heaven and grab hold of God. He had to come and grab hold of me. He had to grab hold of us because because I don't have what is needed for that. In 1 Corinthians 1.27, it says, 
But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. We're foolish and weak. And some of you, like sometimes I do, of like, that's how, what I called myself this morning, you know, not this morning actually, but, you know, we, we feel that way sometimes of ourselves. But in reality, that's who we are, and we have to claim that to know that we need God to change us and, and to do what He wants to do in us. In Matthew 20, 16, it says, So the last will be first and the first last. For many are called, but few are chosen. We're the last. In Luke 9, 48, it says, And said to them, Whoever receives this little child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me, him who sent me. For he who is least among you will be great. So in this, I, I want to ask the question, who will inherit the kingdom? Who are the heirs to the kingdom? And what this tells me is that the last, the least, the poor, the weak, those are the ones that will inherit the kingdom. And that doesn't mean that we stay that way. What it means is we have to understand that we need a God who is everything that we need. That we need a God, a Savior to save us. I need to understand that I'm a person that is in need of something and I don't have it on my own. So that's who we are without God. But in 1 Peter 2.9, and he's talking to those that know God. He says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light, who once were not a people but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. So I don't say all those things that I, that I said to read those scriptures to, to make us feel bad about ourselves. I, I read those and I say those things to, to make us understand the need that we have. But now I read this scripture and hear 1 Peter and I say, this is who God has called us to be. And what he gives to us as we come to him. So no matter what we feel about ourselves, if we fall at his feet, if we come into his presence, this is who we are called to be. This is our identity, a chosen generation, right? It says, but you are a chosen generation. And what does that mean? It doesn't mean age. It doesn't mean background or race or, you know, a, a certain 
type of people or because you have, you know, have this or have that. That word generation is not, you know, we use the word, you know, what generation are you from? But that word actually means it's a, it's a, a family, it's offspring, it's a nation, it's a, a tribe, right? So you are a, a chosen family. Oh, I, I don't know about you, but that's an amazing thing, thing to think about that that God chose us to be a part of His family. That, that He chose you. That He says, I, I want you. I, I want to give you everything that I have. I want to give you everything that you need so that you can live in my peace, in my strength, in my comfort, in my mercy, in my grace. I want to give that to you. And so I, I've chosen you. To be a part of my family. That it's, it's nothing in us. He didn't choose me or choose you because of something. That, see, that's where we have to understand who we are without Him. So that I can understand that He didn't choose me. He didn't choose you. He didn't choose us. Because of something so great about us, but he chose us because of something so great about him. Because he's merciful and compassionate and he loves us that much. So we're a chosen generation. He chose us to be a part of his family. And it says in verse 9, you're his own special people. And in verse 10, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God. See, we're chosen by Him to be His. That we are His possession, His family. That He has ownership of our lives. Now listen, I don't know about, about you, and, but when, when I have ownership of something, if, if I've paid a price for something, I take care of it. I want to take care of it. Maybe sometimes I don't as well as I should. But God, He will take care of each and every one of us. Because we're His. And there's no shortcomings in God. There's no lack in God. There is nothing that is missing in Him. So He would not forsake His people that He's chosen, the, one that are, the ones that are His. And He will take care of us. You see, every, you know... God is a creator of everything, right? So really everything, everything on this earth and every person is his possession and is his. But this must mean something special and, and it must mean something even more. And it does because it speaks that, that we are the heirs to his kingdom. 
Not just that he created us, but he has called us to come into his family, to, to be the heirs to his kingdom, to have everything that he has. And when we come to him, we say, yes, we want to be part. We want to be part of what you want to do. We want to be part of your family. We want to be heirs to that kingdom. I don't know about you. I want to possess those things of God that he has for me. In 2 Corinthians 6, 16, it says, And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Saying, they're mine. He's jealous for you. He craves your attention. He wants you to come to him, and he wants you not to be seeking after. For us to be seeking after our, our own things, our own ambitions, our own ways, but he, he's jealous for our attention and for us to seek after him and who he is. He said, I will be their God and they shall be my people. Those are my people. I will take care of them. I will comfort them. I, I will give them my peace. I will give them my strength. In verse 10 it says, Who once were not a people, but are now the people of God. Who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. I don't know about you, I'm, for me I was kind of like, okay, I'm trying to understand what this means. And when you read in the Greek this had not obtained mercy and have obtained mercy. There's, it's the same word, mercy and mercy, and, and there's not much different in it. The only thing is, is the not and the have. And before we had not obtained mercy, what does that, what does that mean? And I, I take that as meaning that, that there's no way that somehow we could have obtained that mercy, right? Based on, on the things that we've already talked about. That there was no way that I could obtain mercy because I was so rich. Because I was so strong. Because I was so smart. Because I have everything that it takes, right? I, I had not obtained mercy because there was no way for me to obtain it. But now have obtained mercy. Why? Because He is so merciful. Because He is so good. Because He is so Because He is everything that we need. And, and we couldn't have obtained it ourselves. But now... 
We have obtained it because of what He has done for us. We didn't obtain it of, of our own merit, of our own strength, but we obtained this mercy because of His merit, because of what He's done, because of who He is. If we go back to verse 9, verse 9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. What, is, what does this mean? A royal, you're a chosen, he chose us to be a part of his family, but not only that, it says, and you are a royal priesthood. Now you have to understand, when this was written, like this was a, radical statement about who we are because of what Christ has done. Because all before that, all before that, in all of history, there was a chosen people that could communicate with God. And it was those that were called to be priests, a certain family that generation after generation that they were of the priesthood, and those were the ones that could go in the temple and be close to the Holy of Holies, those that could go in. He said, you have to understand now, things have changed. See, now you are that chosen generation. You are those chosen people, each and every one of you. And you are a royal priesthood. You can go into that place. It's not that somebody else has to go in for you. You don't need that person to take your prayers to God. Now, we need each other. We need to lift each other up and pray for each other. We need to hold arms together and strengthen each other, all those things. But you can't see somebody else as your mediator between God and you, which is how they had it before. But he says, now, you don't need that mediator, that person that was chosen to go in and talk to God for you, because now there's not that person, but what Christ did on the cross, he became that mediator for you. And his work on the cross brought you in close so that you could be that royal priesthood, that one that comes in and can come in and fall at the feet of Jesus and, and come in right next to him. That you have direct access to God. That you can love him. You can spend that time with him in prayer and in communication and talking to him. That now there's no in-between. It's just you and your God. Yeah. 
that we have this. Uh, now think about this. How could, how, could, how could we say, oh, you know, be down on our, ourselves and, and like, man, I'm... And listen, I, I will tell you, I know pastors don't usually do this, but I think some of these same things and have... Even more recently, God, it's like, I'm not sure. Like, are you sure? Like, I don't have what it takes. You know, all those things. But how, how could we think that when what he's done for us has brought us to this place that not just that we're this lowly person, and there's higher people that can go to God for us. But he says, no, I chose you to be my heir. No, I chose you. I, I grabbed hold of you and wrapped my arms around you to be my child. And not only that, to be a part of this royal priesthood, this elevated level. See, we can't, how could I dare think of myself? How could we think of ourselves in the way that we sometimes do when he says, no, you are a royal priesthood. You, you are so amazing and so lovely, not, not because you're awesome and lovely, but because of who I've created you to, do, to be and what I've created you to do. And the work that I've done for you, you are amazing. You couldn't do it yourself. We couldn't do it ourselves. But He lifted us up. He elevated us. And we have to, we have to understand and, and keep it straight because this is when we get messed up. Sometimes when God lifts us up to a place... We end up thinking highly of ourselves and forget that we're not the ones that got us there. So we have to understand and keep in mind that we aren't the ones that did this. But He is. What does that mean? That we should worship Him. We should fall down at his, at his feet. We should live as a living sacrifice to him. In Romans, Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. See, it says, same as this other scripture, 1 Peter, it's because of his mercy, right? It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, because of his mercy, because he's so merciful, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. I've spoken about this before, that last half, last part of that scripture that Good, acceptable, and perfect will of God is not different wills of God. But it's the different levels of the one will of God that he has for your life. 
It's understanding what's that good will, that will that God has for you, what he has for you, what he wants you to do, what he wants you to be a part of. What's the will of God for your life? And that it would be acceptable, that it would be pleasing to him, that you would walk in it in a way that that it would be pleasing in his sight. And when it says that... uh, perfect will. It's not good, acceptable. You know, there's a good will, there's an acceptable will, and there's a perfect will. Which one are you going to choose? No, it's the will of God. And it's a good one. And he wants you to live it in a way that is pleasing to him so that it can be the perfect will that he has called you to, which means, that word perfect means complete. That it would come to its fruition, and be completed in your life. That's what we're called to. But by the mercies of God, will we present ourselves as a living sacrifice to Him? Back in verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a chosen people, chosen to be a part of his family, a royal priesthood, ones that can now come into the presence of God, that that you could stand before the throne and worship him. And it says you're a holy nation. What, What does this mean? a holy nation, a holy people that were set apart, that we exist for God, for His purposes. And because God is holy, I say, right, I'm not holy myself, but because He's holy, that you are holy, that we can be this holy nation. My character may not be that good, But because he chose me, or because he chose us, because he called us out and brought us into this place that we have with him to be heirs, his character is good, so he makes something good of me. He makes something good of us, that we can live our lives showing who he is. So in this, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Why? In the second half of verse 9, I'll read the whole thing. 1 Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Why? That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into marvelous light. What is that calling, that, that thing that, that He wants us to do? He wants us to proclaim His praises. Are we proclaiming the praises 
of our God who saved us, who is so merciful that he brought us out of, like it says here, this darkness into this marvel, marvelous light. The calling of God's people is to proclaim who he is. How could, I, how could we not proclaim his praises when he's done so much for us, when he has been everything that we've needed? So, so much nowadays about like identity and, and who we are and who I think I am. And <laughs> it's not about who I think I am, it's about who God thinks I am how God sees me or you, like us. How, it's, not, it's not about what we claim to be. It's about who God has called us to be. When we come to God, our identity is not about us, but it's about God. And our identity is his child, his heir, his family, and what he has created us to be. How do we view ourselves? I, I'm asking myself this question too. H how do we view ourselves? Because it's going to change the way that we act. It's going to change what we do. It's going to change the strength that we have when we speak. Do we view ourselves how God views us? Or do we want to view ourselves how we view ourselves, like what we think of ourselves? I, I don't know about you, but I don't want my understanding of who I am to be something that I can see in myself. I want my understanding of who I am to be who God has created me to be, who God is in me. See, God's given us this identity, this calling as a royal priesthood, a holy nation. 
heirs to his kingdom so that we could proclaim his identity through our lives. He made us who we are so we could make who he is known in the world around us. Now think about this, and I I think about my life and, and what the reflection of my life is. And it tells me who I'm viewing. Am I viewing myself? Or am I seeing who God has created to me to be and who He is in me? Because it's going to radically change how I speak, how I live, the strength that I have, and what happens because of my life. So my question is, is, who are you? And the answer is, you're a chosen generation. He's chosen you to be heirs to his kingdom. You're, you're a royal priesthood, those that now aren't separated from God and, and need a mediator, a person to go take your prayers to him. But you can come in close that we have this relationship with him, that we have everything that he has because he has given us those things that he is. A holy nation set apart. I've been set apart for a purpose that you have been set apart to do something great for him. And see, I know, I can hear it right now. Maybe there's some that's like, well, I mean, I... You sure that's me? Yes, that's you. I just want I just want God's people to see to see who he has created us to be and who he is uh, what he's called us to do. And in order to do that, we got to stop looking at ourselves and start looking at him. Gonna stop calling ourselves things and, and start understanding who he's called us to be. Hearing those things that he is speaking over us and, and he is calling you. He is calling you to speak to those around you, to, to be the change that people need. Because we all say, we all say, oh, this world needs to change. Oh, this thing needs to change. And look, in my job, in my school, in, 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 you know, my family. Great. Can you hear him calling you to do that? Because you are a chosen generation. 
Because you are a royal priesthood. Because you've been set apart. You are a holy nation. Man, I, I want stand in front of the mirror and speak that over yourself. And see what happens. Because whenever we speak that over ourselves, I think then we'll find ourselves proclaiming the praises, proclaiming the mercies, proclaiming. It's just going to come out. Because when, when, you know, questions and, and doubts about who I am are coming out of my mouth, it's real hard to proclaim the praises of who God is. But what we're called to is to proclaim His praises. Please stand with me. Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.